Welcome to the Master Passive Income Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to get financial independence, quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, by investing in real estate so you never, ever have to work a job again. Today, we're going to be talking all about commercial real estate investing, how you can make passive income in it, and how it's a fantastic way to create long-term generational wealth by having commercial properties. And I'm bringing on an expert today who's going to show us how to do it. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. Hey, what's going on? Super blessed, as always, to have you on the show. And honestly, like, actually, Man, let me look at the date. Oh, yeah. When releasing the show, it's actually going to be one month away from the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. I am just like, it's it's so much work putting together a conference, but at the same time, so rewarding in a sense that, well, in many senses, but a big thing is it's so great seeing so many people's lives being changed by investing in real estate. That's really why they have the podcast too, is because I can help people change their life. Now, I actually got reached out to by somebody on Instagram, and you guys can do this as well. Find me on Instagram, the Dustin Heiner, T-H-E, Dustin Heiner. Um, I'm not that arrogant. It's the only handle I could come up with, you know, T-H-E or the Dustin Heiner. But um, this gentleman reached out to me, and I'm going to interview him on the podcast because he listened to the podcast, got inspired, actively did invest on his own just by listening to the podcast. And now he has two properties. So I said, Hey man, you need to come on the show because that's a huge, huge success just by listening to a podcast. And then you actively doing it yourself. It is so amazing. And honestly, it's so much more rewarding in life to help somebody really just achieve what they really want in their life. And like even much more so than me getting my first property. When I got my first property, it was a it was a tremendous success. But at the same time, when I get students to get their first property or their 10th property or quit their job or start investing in multifamily, we're going to start talking a lot more about bigger types of investing, multifamily, land investing, storage units, things like that on the Master Passive Income Show. Because what we want to do in our investing business is we want to play Monopoly. Now, you guys remember Monopoly. We start small, buy a piece of land, and then eventually get three of them. Or if it's two, it's the uh, you know the expensive ones and the low. I can't remember what they're, Boardwalk and Park Place and the cheaper ones like Baltimore Avenue or something like that. But you buy those, and then you can start building houses on it. And then you get people to pay you rent. I mean, it literally teaches you how to become wealthy. And in life, the more that we buy assets, the more that we protect our assets by tax benefits, the more that we get passive income, the freer our life gets. Now, you always hear me talk about quitting your job. I love that acronym, J-O-B, that just overbroke job. See, when I first started the podcast, I had just quit my job. Oh, shoot, that was a number of years ago. Actually, that's that's crazy. No, I, I quit my job, and then I started the podcast maybe a year or two later. But I started it because 
I was realizing that I liked listening to podcasts and there wasn't anything that I found that you know fit what I really wanted. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and put this out there. Same thing with a real estate investing conference, real estate wealth builders. It's like, there's no conference like this that I know of. They're all literally sales pitch. And, and I'm, I'm going to be straightforward and tell you this. If you go to any real estate conference, it's literally a sales pitch. I'm, I'm not even joking. There's going to be a gimmick or a way to get you into their program or to their investing or like there's a big company that has a big uh, podcasting conference. Like if you actually look up real estate investing on an iPhone, you'll see my, uh, you know, thumbnail for my podcast. And right next to it, you'll see another one. It's pretty big. I'm not going to name who they are. You'll probably figure out who they are. We're like number one and number two. I'm number two usually because they're a big podcast. But with that, I love that when we're helping our students, when we are at the conference, we're not trying to sell anything. We're literally just trying to help. If you go to this other conference that this other company puts on, that, that number one podcast, you know, it's to get you to sign up for their stuff, which that's not a bad business model. Like, I'm trust me, I, like, I'm not saying that's bad at all. In fact, they probably do a lot of good. But what I wanted to do was create just get friends together. I want to get all my friends together and I want to bring you here with me to meet all my friends so that you can be our friends as well. Basically creating a fantastic community of genuine like-minded real estate investors who want to just help each other out because I'll be completely honest, as I went through my life investing in real estate on my own, it was so hard. There were so many things that I did wrong and had to learn the hard way, you know, the school of hard knocks, getting smacked upside the head and like, oh, wow, that cost me three or $4,000. Let me not do that again, which is actually fun that I now can share those losses, I guess, or failures or things that I went through, experiences. And now my students now, they are literally benefiting from that same thing at the conference. They're, all of us genuine people are getting together. I literally have 43. I got two more speakers, 45 speakers now, but we're all coming together to help you. And I want to see you there with us. Be a part of this huge community. If you go to rubcon.com, R-E-W-B-C-O-N.com, a link will be in the description but use that promo code podcast. I know you've come from my podcast. In fact, I'm actually excited. We've got like, I don't know, 50 or 60 people that listen just to the podcast that use that promo code and that now are coming. It's so amazing that you guys are taking action. You do not want to be left behind because I completely am like shouting this from the rooftops saying this is going to be the best time ever to invest in real estate, you need to be ready before that wave comes. Once that wave comes, it's going to pass you by. I know it happened to me back in 2001 where there was a dot-com. I was literally in college, like just started college. And 2008, I barely got there. I didn't know what I was doing, but I actually made it. But think about this. It's like a wave. A wave when you're surfing you're on a board waiting for this wave to come. As soon as you see the wave come, that's when you start paddling because you need momentum to help you to catch that wave and ride that wave all the way in. You do not start paddling after the wave has passed you because you'll never be able to catch that wave. And so what we do is we start paddling before the wave comes. Same thing with real estate investing. We do not wait for the wave to come. It'll pass us by the wave of amazing properties to buy. I, I am so excited for the next two or three years, if not longer. It's going to be a very big correction. In my opinion, what I'm seeing, interest rates so high, it's going to make sure that prices come all the way down. On top of that, 
When you are getting and paddling for that real estate investing, you need to, number one, you need to learn how to invest in real estate and definitely get my free course. I give that away. Text the word rental to 33777. Come to RubeCon as well. Get 10% off by using promo code podcast. I'll get you 10% off. You'll be learning from all these experts. Now, learning is number one. Number two is getting the network, the other people around you so that they will help you basically do it right, pass along deals, pass along financing, pass along ideas and everything, a community of other people, like-minded real estate investors, you want them around you. Another thing that you need are the fantastic services and companies that help our business get easier and better. In fact, I, when I first started investing, it was so hard to invest in real estate because there's very little technology. I mean, we basically had email. There were no podcasts when I was going, but all the software, everything, like Zillow was barely around when I first got started. And Zillow is just the tip of the iceberg. There's AI companies just, I think it was like two episodes ago, I released an episode about AI and how that's really changing how we invest in real estate. Definitely get a hold of that one. Listen to that one. And with that, if you have these things in your business and then you start building your business now, start building it before the crash comes, before the economy changes, because you're going to know that you have a business that makes you money every single month, whether it's single family homes, it's a multifamily, whether it's storage units or Airbnb, that's what we do as real estate investors. We invest in all types of real estate investing. Now, there's so much that we need to go over, but I also have a fantastic guest who's going to share with us about commercial real estate. I'll be completely honest. I've tried to buy some commercial real estate, never actually did, never pulled the trigger. I am super excited that he is coming on the show to share with you how you can invest in commercial real estate. He's a big time commercial real estate investor. You are going to have so much insights in this show and I'm super pumped to bring him to you. And I have Ben Reinberg on the show with me showing us how to invest in commercial real estate. All right, here we go. Ben, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Dustin. What a pleasure to be on your show and really appreciate it. Look forward to really impacting and providing a lot of great value to your audience. Awesome. So tell us, what were you doing? Like, what got you into commercial real estate investing? Because that's not normally what most people do. In fact, if you play Monopoly when you're younger, you start with land and then you get some houses on there and eventually move up to multifamily and all in hotels and all that sort of stuff. And right now, just in life in general, it's much easier for somebody to go with a single family home. You know, if you've bought a house for yourself to live in, well, you just do it a second time and get somebody else to live in there. But at the same time, going to commercial seems a big leap. So how did you get into the commercial real estate investing? Well, I was young. I was about 23, 24. I'm a CPA by background. And when I started the business, it was local and regional. That's how it was. It was all shoe leather. It was all going out to meetings and conference rooms and raising money uh, by meeting people and networking. And there wasn't the internet that was so prevalent when I was a younger man. I just turned 53 dust. I've been doing this for almost 30 years. And where I started was I took a chance. I said, I want to build wealth. Uh, What was the best way? I found commercial real estate. Multifamily in Chicago has some incredible icons in that side of the industry, as well as commercial real estate, which multifamily is part of commercial real estate. And I didn't want to go the multifamily route, especially in Chicago. There's a huge abundance of multifamily that you can dip your toes into, whether it's, you know, a six flat to 18 unit building. I have a lot of peers of mine that are experts in that business and they're icons in the business. 
they're not on social media though. You know, those that's not where they play. But I just got on social media this past year to build my brand because I felt it was important to give back. And when I got started in the business when I was younger, I syndicated my first deal. Chicago has a huge industrial market. Dustin, I am an office industrial and retail expert, and so is my staff. And right now we focus on medical and veterinary properties with, with our new fund we just rolled out. But when I got started when I was younger, I syndicated my first deal as an industrial deal. I went to uh, a dear friend who was my godfather for the loan at a local bank, and he got me the loan, and I went and raised a few million bucks and sold it three or four years later for a great multiple, and that's what launched me. And so I took a chance. Uh, I've never had a salary. Uh, I was a CPA. I did that for a year and realized uh, I did not enjoy uh, going through a tax season and doing audits and tax returns. I felt that this was, I looked at myself in the mirror and I looked, I used to wear a suit and I used to wear a suit most of my career. Uh, and I looked at myself and said, is this really who I, who better I wants to be? And that's when I turned and got into real estate. And so I've been doing it ever since we've built millions of square feet of office and industrial. We've syndicated and, and own hundreds of properties throughout the United States. And, uh, I'm in the prime of my career and we're continuing to grow. We're actually looking to hire more people in an environment where people are letting people go. So. Anyone out there looking uh, for work, we're happy to have a discussion. And uh, long story short, just really blessed us. And I'm really uh, excited. And then to lean into what we talked about earlier was I am working on coursework to start teaching commercial real estate. I felt that there's someone out there that would like to build a legacy, build wealth through commercial real estate, and no one really teaches it. So I'm going to flip that script and say, well, we're going to teach it from A to Z and show people how to find a niche that they want. Because in commercial real estate, Dustin, we have a lot of niches. We have multifamily, office, general office, subsectors of office like medical office, flex. We have industrial buildings. We have distribution, manufacturing, cold storage. Uh, we have self-storage. And I want to pause for a quick second and share that honestly, I really want you to invest in real estate. My new goal in my life, my first goal was to quit my job in 10 years. And I did that, accomplished that at 37. Now my new goal is to help 1 million people invest in real estate. So two things I would ask from you. Number one, if you get anything out of this episode, please share it with somebody else. Just say, hey, you know, check out Dustin and Master Passive Income. He really wants to help a million people to invest in real estate. That's number one. Number two, I want to get you to invest in real estate get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. Rental to 33777. I'll literally give you my course, show you how to find an area of the country to invest, how to build the business first. You know, I always talk about that and how to find the right properties, how to make sure you're getting experts to do the work for you and scale the business to where you're making $250 or more in passive income, scale it to quit your job, I'll literally get to you or go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. Obviously, it'll be in the description, but I really, really want you to invest in real estate because the more that actual normal everyday people own real estate that are good landlords, the better everybody's life gets. We have hotels. We have R&D data centers. We have retail, net lease retail, restaurants, shopping centers, power centers, lifestyle centers. 
the list goes on and on. So once you pick a niche you want to play in, then we'll teach you how do you underwrite it? How do you look for deals? How do you capitalize it? How do you raise money? How do you manage the property after you acquire it? A lot of variables, very sophisticated business, but we're going to simplify it to make sure that people can get their toes wet if they want to learn and invest in commercial real estate. It's a lot of work. It's hard work. It's grinding. It's not easy. But if you focus and you're persistent and you put the time in, like anything else in life, you can be very successful at it, just like we are at my company. That's great. Now, I have had commercial spaces where I've leased them before. And one thing that got me when I was signing a lease was like, what is this added expense on top of the lease? It's like there's three ends to get, you know, triple net is what it's called. But the triple net leases are so crazy to me that I'm having to pay for my, the the uh, landlord's insurance, like all their, like literally all their bills, which was crazy to me. But it's such a great thing if you're the landlord. You know, the triple net leases are terrific. Not every state has those, but triple net leases are great. On top of that, you get you know, a lot of other people investing with you. There's so many great things about commercial real estate. Now, it does seem like having the, you know, getting started in there, obviously, like you said, it's very few people that are actually teaching how to do this, which is great to have you on. Now, if we want to get started, let's say, let's say maybe we have, I don't know, 10 or 15 rental properties ourselves, and we're thinking, man, I see this property, like I'm an investor. So I see this property in my city that it, it looks like it could be a really good commercial uh, space for whatever, like let's say storage unit or, you know, a veterinarian hospital, whatever it might be. I really like that. Is it as easy as putting an offer and trying to raise some money? Like what would we do to get started in this commercial real estate investing space? Well, first of all, you'd have to pick a niche that you want to do. Okay. And you have to underwrite the deal. You have to look at in that particular, that's a development deal. So what you're going to look for is what are market rents? What are vacancy rates? Do I have to do maybe you do a feasibility study and you decide, okay, what would I lease this property? You'd probably align yourself with a leasing broker, depending on the niche that you're, you know, there's brokers that handle different niches. So take my industry, the medical office industry that we spend a lot of time in. I would align myself with the medical office broker and say, okay, who would we put in here? What would be the rent? How much tenant improvements do we have to spend? What are leasing commissions? How, mu- how long would we carry it for? What are the taxes, insurance, everything? I would look at the numbers and run numbers and understand it. And then say, okay, well, if I have to invest a million dollars, okay, or maybe a million and a half, what would be my return? What's my risk? Okay. If you didn't have the capital, then you would go out and syndicate and you would bring it to investors to say, here's what I would project the return. Here's when we're going to start leasing it. And you would do a model for them. You would do some sort of uh, pitch deck or you know, uh, investment summary. There's different ways to do it and different ways to raise equity. But you would have to first determine what the economics are of that viable investment. What I always love talking about when I'm teaching people or even showing people how to invest in real estate is not finding the property, because that's usually the finding and the funding the property. That's what usually most people who aren't real estate investors, who don't know what they're doing, they start there. Well, how do I find a property and how do I buy it? Well, that is, that's the easy part, actually. The harder part 
is actively managing it, making sure that you actively can make money every single month from this property. And then also, if you have investors, making sure that they're getting taken care of as well. So how do we make sure, let's say we are going to have, like we picked a niche, whatever niche, let's say it's medical field or whatever it might be. And then we go from there into now, how do we make sure that the property is going to continually make us money every single month or quarterly or whatever it might be in creating that business or having other people manage it? Is it something we have to manage? Is that something that we have other people do for us? How do we make sure that it's going to continually run and make us money? Well, there's a couple of ways you can look at it. If you look at my company, we have our own property management department because we like to control and build relationships with tenants. There's plenty of property management companies around the country, depending on where you live, that you could hire and outsource a property management company to manage your commercial real estate assets. We did that years ago. We decided to bring it in-house, which was a real favor for us to do. So we have our own property accounting department, management, asset management, et cetera, which we do internally because of the size of our company and we're continuing to grow. But if you're just getting started, I would outsource it. Leverage into talented people that can take care of it for you. And they'll charge you a fee and that's what you get. We charge a fee anyways, our property. So the property is going to incur the fee. That's just uh, what you have to expect. And so Dustin, at the end of the day, I would say if you're just getting started, leverage into other people, outsource it. With outsourcing, I, I, lo I love that idea. So whenever I invest in real estate, I make sure before I buy the property that the expense of the property manager, of everything that needs to run in the business is already accounted for before I buy the property. How do we make sure that when we are buying the property, we're buying it for not like overpriced and we're not going to be losing money every single month? Because when it comes to single family home, it's very, very simple. I mean, you have a mortgage, you have insurance, taxes, um, vacancy factor, repairs, and property manager. Like just that's very, very similar, very small, and the expenses are very fixed. Is that something that we can do and, and project out? Let's say we know we're going to be able to buy it for this price. How do we, and, and then also make money, but how do we make sure we're not overpaying for a property and that we can make money every single month from that property? Well, it just depends on the economic conditions and markets. I mean, our if you're buying an existing asset with cash flow, let's say it's a single tenant at lease, you're going to look at the net operating income. You're going to look at the lease and where the pass-throughs, what's going to impact the rent. And then you're going to look at it and say, okay, well, I have a 15 year lease. Just because you have a 15 year lease, Dustin, doesn't mean they're going to pay for 15 years. They can come back in three and say, and eh, we're not performing here. We're out. So a lot of due diligence. You got to look at financial statements of the tenant. You look at the operating statements of the property. You look at the area where, where are the barriers to entry? Could they go move somewhere? Uh, where's the rent compared to market? So we look at all these different real estate funnels. It's much different than buying a house. It's a very sophisticated business we're in. Buying a house is, hey, I'm going to look at house A, B, and C and equalize it and see what I'm paying. Okay. And maybe it's an owner-occupied situation. But now I'm saying, okay, now I got to rent it. And I know you guys have formulas where it's like 10% of the purchase price or something you got to get. Or there's certain uh, things that uh, residential folks do with single family homes. It's with our business, it's more of looking at the market, looking at the lease, looking at the risk. What's the default rate of the tenant? Uh, we look at what are you buying it for? You know, where are interest rates at? If interest rates, if you're financing at six and a half and say the loan constant is in the eights or high sevens, 
on a cap rate, you're probably buying in the high sevens or eight for that property to make it work, depending on how you're structuring your deal too. Are you bringing investors or are you doing it yourself? So there's different decisions you have to make when you have other people's money in the door compared to doing it yourself. It's a little bit, the risk factor is a little bit different equation. So you have to look at the market. You got to look at the leases. You got to look at vacancy rates and absorption rates. You got to look at, you got to do a lot of due diligence before you buy a commercial real estate deal. It's more, it's more complicated. It's not just saying, Hey, let's get an appraiser or a broker opinion or look on Zillow or, or whatever the Redfin and see what are things selling for. It's not like that because our analysis is based on market rent, the credit worthiness of the tenant or tenants, what kind of construction, how do you get into the place? For medical, we look at parking. Parking ratio is a huge factor. And so you have to look at how they're operating their business. What's the lease? What's the real estate? And then the credit of the tenant. And then we look at cash flow. And we look at, you know, is it a long-term lease, short-term leases? What are we dealing? What happens if a tenant leaves? How much do we have to put into it? What would be the market rent at that time? So we do very thorough analysis. And that's what it takes to be in commercial real estate. One of the beautiful things is it's a high barrier entry game to get in. But once you're in and you understand it, you can really underwrite properties correctly. And that's how you end up solving. So there's no such thing as overpaying for a property. What it means is what am I, what's my risk and how do I capitalize it? So for example, if I have a shopping center, say a grocery store in downtown San Diego, and God's not making any more land in downtown San Diego. And this is the only grocery store in a five mile radius. Well, you might pay up for that property because that tenant could be there till the cows come home, or it could be you could replace them easily and get higher rent. So you look, every situation is different, Dustin, and you have to underwrite it accordingly. It's a hard question to answer right now because it just depends on. How are you structuring your deal? It's going to lead you down to what you want to pay for it. With that, especially how much money you can make from the property. I mean, if you're going to use it for one thing, it might not make as much money as another type of tenant that would actually probably pay more if it's more lucrative for them. So if we are, say, let's say we really think we have commercial in our blood, we want to jump in and start doing commercial and we're, how do we first find that niche? Because for me, how I got into commercial um, and very, very little um, was I just saw this could be good for this. Like this one location could be good for that. Or is it uh, is that the right or wrong? Or is it also finding a niche like I like this idea and let me look for properties that fit this all over, let's say, the city. So how do we find that niche? I think you look at your particular area, like take where I was born and raised and and uh, raised my family and also uh, started my company. That's where our headquarters is Chicago. Chicago has a huge office, retail, industrial market and multifamily. Pick a horse what you want, right? Um, I like industrial. I like office and retail. So we started with industrial for years and did very well. And we still have industrial and we love industrial. So if you're in the Phoenix area like you're in, you might say, hey, I want to do industrial or I like multifamily. I understand it. it's a good play to roll from single family into multifamily and you buy a six unit or a five unit building and you manage it and you get your feet wet. You can do the same thing. You say, okay, I want to do uh, restaurants, not least retail. I'm going to buy a Wendy's. 
and maybe add value and then sell it. So you figure out what, what do you like to do? What gravitates you? What, what's your risk threshold? How much risk do you want to take? How comfortable are you? How much time are you willing to spend on a certain niche? So it's more about what do you like and then focusing and, and going on the learning curve for that particular niche. You don't want to be in five different niches, four different niches, you know, spread thin. That's why we focus a lot on medical office because it's a great niche to be in. Even though we are experts in all three and we still own product and buy product in all three because we have enough people to manage that. But then a day, our focus is we're really focused on medical and veterinary properties. That's what our new fund's about. And that's where the focus is. And you get rewarded in life for focus. So when you pick your niche in commercial real estate to loop back around to what you said is find something that you'll enjoy to do and then and then start learning about it and really dig in and understand you know the variables that make sense because commercial real estate has a lot of variables take industrial like i mentioned how many docks how many doors ceiling heights what is it being used for what's how do i can trucks get in if they need to where am i close to the expressways or the freeways if if it's distribution and so how old's the building you know what are some of the issues the environmental issues so a lot of different topics you got to think about depending on your niche. That's why you pick a niche, something you're interested in, and you just go for it. Could be hotels, could be motels. So talk to me about passive income. We love making passive income. Now it does sound like it's going to be more. Uh, I wouldn't say active because you got to work a lot. Meaning like you were, we're not working one hour and getting paid for an hour. That's that's active income. That's that's horrible. But in creating passive income, our properties are working for us. So talk to us about the passive income possibilities of commercial properties. Well, what I love about commercial real estate, especially what we do, especially in the medical office space or any niche is you can create passive income, whether you syndicate and you bring investors or you do it yourself, you buy it yourself because we have leases in place and the stuff that we acquire, or we might have some leases and then we're going to lease up and add value and have more leases in the property. Well, leases produce cash flow. So if you finance it, you know, between your net operating income and your debt service and that money based on your investment, you can create all different types of structures to create passive income. Our business is based off tenants that are paying rent to us. So it's no different than renting a single family home, Dustin. It's just a different risk profile and a different tenant. The nice thing about our business is that we don't get involved too much in human nature. We have companies or entities, private companies or public companies are paying us rent. So uh, the pers personal factor of I'm living in your house or I'm living in your apartment building, uh, it's a little bit more personal when you get into that side of the business, which I'm not the biggest fan of. I'd like to take the personal element out because then you get into the different states and eviction laws and everything we saw during the pandemic. So at the end of the day, you can create great passive income from commercial real estate. You can invest in our fund to get passive income and be part of great real estate and be diversified and create passive income. So you could be in residential real estate, invest with someone like us and get a taste of commercial real estate, but you don't have to deal with the risk. You don't have to deal with managing it. You don't have to deal with the complications of underwriting it. It gives you the ability where you can also be a passive investor. So that's terrific. And 
I've found with multifamily syndications and all that stuff, usually they try to exit in three to five years. What's your timeline for exiting a property? Or is that something, is it, would you rather do buy and hold? Will you hold it for an extended period of time and eventually sell it? What's the what's the exit strategy for multifamily, or uh, commercial? Commercial. It just depends on the strategy you go in for. So like with our fund, just give you a live example, we'll be in and out of the fund within approximately five years. Most of our acquisitions, uh, funds, or syndications are five years or less. But we have some deals we've held for over a decade or 15 years where we have some properties where we've refinanced and paid all our investors off. And we're we're just cash flowing with no, with no money and no equity. We have some of those deals. Uh, it just depends on the strategy and who your investment capital is. If you're doing it yourself, you could own it for a lifetime and pass it down to your kids if you want to. So it just depends on your strategy. Our strategy at my company, it's usually five years or less. I found that a lot of syndicators, they like that three to five years, which is great for their investors, you know, getting their money back. Now, talk to me about with the economy and where it's at now and interest rates rising up. Because I found with syndication in commercial, multifamily, whatever it might be, it's dependent on the next syndicator to raise more money to buy it for more than you bought it for. And hopefully you make money. And then it depends on the next syndicator to come on top of them to buy it for more. And they keep doing it over and over again. When I saw, I started investing back in 2006 and I saw back in 2008, nine and 10, it was really, really rough. In fact, I think the residential got hit hard, fast, really quickly. But then commercial eventually caught up and that got hit pretty hard as well. So talk to me about if we're going to do a three to five years, if we're seeing some, are you having concerns about the interest rates rising? So it makes prices have to come down because they interest rates doesn't make money go nearly as far. Like talk to me about how, what you see in the economy and how interest rates are going to affect what you're doing. Well, interest rates affects what we're doing regarding the pricing. We're starting to see cap rates rise, which means the purchase prices are lowering on deals we're buying. It's it's a buyer's market right now, and it will escalate even further over the next six months in our business. So I'm excited from the buy side. Regarding selling assets, it's probably we're not going to be in a sell mode that much this year or next year. I look at more as a, an acquisition mode, and that's where the market's at. So you have to just really be in tune with the market. You have to be in the water with the market, so to speak. It's an expression we use. You got to be knee deep. You got to be in the water every day, swimming in the market. And that allows you to understand how to navigate. So with interest rates rising, we see that there's going to be great buying opportunities, especially with the properties we have, because some of the physicians or owners of the properties we're buying for our fund, to give you an example, they're going to have trouble refinancing. So we'll be able to pick up properties at a pretty good price. And so interest rates are going to have an impact on people refinancing, where the value of the property might be lower, LTVs might be a challenge. It could be where we're in a situation uh, where basically uh, they just they need to sell their property because can't refinance, can't renew leases, uh, cost of materials have gone up on buildings. It's getting too expensive. Interest rates are going to have a big impact on the not only the cost of capital to do deals, but also banks are tightening up their liquidity. So there's not as much money out there to chase deals with. So what's great about this market is when you've been doing this business for a long time, like we have, it gives you an opportunity to go to a bank because we're a favorable borrower to them. 
And so you get great rates, you have the ability to tap into what liquidity they have to do deals. And it really eliminates a lot of the competition. So I like a market like this because when there's chaos, there's opportunity, there's less competition, and there's ability to really thrive and grow um, in whatever niche you pick. So interest rates, I look at them as, as a benefit when they're rising like this. It's just a matter of how do you play in the space? How patient are you? And so we're patient and every day we're looking for opportunities. And right now there is a lag in commercial real estate. Pricing has not caught up yet. It will shortly. And I feel there would be a really buying opportunity. So uh, interest rates are can be a, a good thing. It's just a function of economics where, yeah, it hurts the properties you have in your portfolio and values because maybe financed at lower rates. But if we locked in a long-term note of 10 years or or what have you with a great amortization, then we'll be fine. We'll ride out the storm. Dustin, the key to this business is ability to hold. It's not location, location, location. It's ability to hold. You got to be able to ride through a cycle like this or recessions. And when you could do that, because cash flows go like moguls. So when you're at the top of a mogul and you could sell, then you have the ability to make your investors a tremendous amount of money. And so it's all about the ability to hold. What do you have in reserves? How do you deal with, if you have to refinance it, how do you deal with cash flow, debt service coverage? It's no different than a residential house. It's just a matter of what is really the value at that point when you get to uh, a situation rising interest rates. Yeah, I'm really excited for rising interest rates. I've been waiting for it for a while so I can buy a lot more properties. So in residential, I make money whether the market goes up, down, or sideways. Obviously, values drop, but I don't care because rents are still doing great. So um, I'm I'm pretty well protected because I can hold on to it. It because you you I I thought that was terrific what you said. Be able the ability to hold. How do we protect ourselves from becoming one of those sellers that has to sell and then get you know because all the problems that you were saying other sellers are having potentially could have and you would buy from them. How do we protect so we don't become like that where we're going to lose money because we're selling a property because we got stuck. Well, you could do a couple of things. You can bring in a capital partner to help you carry a property if you need to. Uh, you can go look for a different lender if you need to refinance, someone that believes in you and someone that can help you get through a rough period. There's all different ways to do it. It's also, you can on the buy when you first buy it is make sure you got enough reserves. Make sure you have reserves to carry a property if you need to. Uh, don't over leverage property. I'm a big proponent. I teach people a lot. Do not put significant leverage. So for example, if you're buying a single family home to rent out, maybe put 60 LTV instead of 80 or 90, you know, uh, put more equity in deals if you're worried about that situation. So there's a lot of different ways to prepare for it. It's a matter of, are you going in on a conservative basis? How are you buying, you know, your particular niche, single family homes. And what's your strategy? How long a debt are you getting? Are you going to do short-term debt or long-term debt? If you get long-term debt and you can prepay it off, then you're in a good situation to protect yourself. And if you lose a tenant, if you lose a tenant in your house and you need to support the debt service, tax, insurance, and maintenance, you better make sure you underwrite up front that you have enough money and take out some of your cash flow. Don't sweep all of it. Keep some of it in the bank for you know that rainy day that comes around. That's how you protect yourself. 
I love it. I love being able to protect yourself. Whether the market goes up, down, sideways, we want to still be able to make money. Man, Ben, there's so much more. We could definitely talk about like how do we make sure we're getting the right the uh, right mortgages, like or the right financing for it, the terms, which are different. Commercial terms are totally different than residential and all that sort of stuff. So there's so much more to talk about. But we definitely, I want people to find you because that's how they're going to learn. So tell people how they can find you online. How could they even possibly reach out to you and learn about your courses? Sure. Uh, to learn more about our company, go to alliancecgc.com. That's alliancecharliegeorgecharlie.com. You can learn all about commercial real estate from our website. There's testimonials, there's articles and blogs that I've written about medical office and different sectors of the real estate you can learn. Great tools. If you want to invest in our new fund and you want to be a passive investor and make money with us, you could do that as well. I'm a huge proponent of what we do and invest in as well. If you want to follow me personally, go to benreinberg.com. You can follow me on all those social media platforms. I have a podcast called Ben Reinberg. I own it. We have commercial real estate icons and celebrities and actors and actresses that invest in commercial real estate you would never even think of. And they're going to be, and they're talking about commercial real estate. And so that's part of our show. We talk about health, wealth, mind and body connection as well. We have great uh, people that come on that are just complete icons. So I'm really excited about that. And the show is about owning and being responsible for everything in your life, which is so important in business and, and personally as well. So we, t- we touch on that. And those are the best ways to stay engaged with me. So follow me on social media, listen to my podcast, go to our company website, my personal website, and stay tuned because if you're interested in learning about commercial real estate, we're going to bring something real special to market shortly. That's terrific, Ben. Hey, I really appreciate your time and to be able to share with the audience about commercial real estate investing. Hopefully, they'd be able to take advantage of everything you're putting out there. Thank you so much for being on the show, Ben. Thank you, Dustin. What a pleasure. And I wish you all the best. And thanks for having me. And that is it for today. Go ahead and get my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. You can also join my Real Estate Wealth Builders group coaching. Get all my courses. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next show. See ya.